Uh, some of you have a really good friend, like a best friend. Anybody have a really good friend? Okay. Some of you are like, oh gosh, well, I don't know how to categorize that. What are you saying? What am I answering here? Um, you know, but a lot of us can name a best friend. Many of us have a lot of friends. Uh, but what I hope is that when we finish talking about friendship, which we st- just touched the tip of the iceberg with when, when we read that passage just a moment ago, that when, when we get through this, that you will think, all right, I want to seek deep friendship. I want to build deep friendship that I already have. I want to build those friendships more deeply. That's the encouragement that I want to come out of this message this morning. And here's the thing that the, the, the main thing I think that I've seen in studying this and I want to share with you is the surprising importance of friendship in God's plan. The more I have thought about it, and I just haven't thought about it enough, I've just been amazed at how incredibly strategic friendship is to us understanding who God is and the fact that he created it, built it, built it into us. And I try to show you that and then encourage you to, to seek those deep friendships if you don't have them, and if you do, to build deeply into them. And we'll get some tips from, from David and, and Jonathan as we go through this. One thing that gets overlooked in the New Testament, when we're studying the New Testament, which we, we do a lot at Obi Joyful, uh, we'll, we'll study a book or a letter, and then we'll get to the end, and we just sort of overlook, well, the beginning and the end, sometimes there's a greeting. These, these are letters that are written often between uh, people who are friends in the church in the New Testament times. They're really good friends. They cared about each other deeply. And so if you just take a minute this week and you go and look, it just it's easier even to see at the end of a lot of the letters that are in the New Testament. And it'll be like, hey, be sure and say hello to so-and-so. And so-and-so says hi to... I'm not going to say their names because I can't pronounce them very well. But they, they, there's all this greeting going on, and we miss you, and this person's sick, and pray for this person. This person's in prison for their faith, but all they can do is think about you. There's the, this deep friendship that's being communicated around the edges of these letters, and it's sort of the fabric of the New Testament. I want to read to you, just, just as an example, from uh, the third letter that John sends. Uh, it's verse 13. Uh, we have it up here. It says, he's, he finishes his letter with this. He says, I have much to write to you, but I would rather not write with a pen and ink. I hope to see you soon. I want to see you face to face, and we'll talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends here greet you. Greet the friends each by name. They're, they were close. There was a deep relationship among the believers of that time. In fact, uh, at Obi Joyful, many of you know some of our DNA statements. We have four. We're going to just, I'm going to mention one. Can you put that up on the screen there, Wendy? Uh, is this, we have a little picture for it to help us remember. Uh, but we go together. Of our four DNA statements, we go together is one of the critical four. And it just, it's what it says. We are a community together. It includes our broader community, and it, all, and it drives all the way down to the closest relationships that we form with believers at and through OB Joyful. And so that's what that, tan, I think the tandem bike is just a great Im, image for that. And this summer, if you open the magazine, the Crest Butte magazine, which y'all find it's free, we'll have this picture. And I love this picture. Hopefully you can see it okay. Not this one, the next one. Yeah. Um, I, hopefully y'all can see that all the way in the back. But three bikes, you know some fun 
is being had by some people together when you look at this picture. At least that's what I think. And uh, uh, so I bought the picture, so that's what it's going to be. I'm excited about this picture being in that magazine because I want it to communicate to this community that we're in that we go together. And then we're going somewhere together, and, we're, and it is together. We're actually going to have fun doing it. You know what? Church, yeah, church should be fun, okay? I think. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I mean, if we were riding mountain bikes, to me, that, that'd be pretty awesome. But I, I want to look forward to this and want to be here together in, in this meeting of community and then go out in friendship. So, anyway, you'll see that. Uh, look for it in, uh, whenever they publish that thing. Uh, let me set up this story real quickly. David and Jonathan... These are the two guys we're going to look at to, as illustration for this friendship. And it's one of the famous friendships in the Bible. We're, we're in the series about David. David's illustrating for us the brokenness that leads, that, that God's grace is built upon, right? And so even in brokenness and in, in terrible hard situations, which David and Jonathan are definitely in, there is, there is a friendship that is built that is uh, it's amazing, and it's reflective of God in us, in relationship between us and God. Jonathan is the son of Saul. Saul, at this point, has, uh, is we're right at the tip edge of Saul turning on David. He likes David at first, but then David becomes famous, right? Dave, as we heard last week, uh, David, you may have heard this story before, but he killed a giant. So... Uh, d- this just in. He killed John. And so we talked about it. And, uh, and uh, because of that, they're writing songs about David. David's done these wonderful things for our community, for our country, and he's protected us. Not only that, but he did this amazing thing. You know, with this, this stone, one stone, he kills this warrior. So all this is going on. So in this setting, uh, David is sharing with Saul the story of what happened. So Saul, I I imagine, watched this thing from up above somewhere, some distance. And so David's recounting the story of what he did. And Jonathan is in the room, and he's hearing the story as well. I'm going to read it through with, again, with y'all, with having that in mind uh, as as we read it. And remember, this is, Jonathan is the son of the king. All right? Uh, Here we are. This is uh, 1 Samuel... 18, 1. And as soon as David finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him, even as his own soul. And Saul took David that day and would not even let him return to his father's house. So Saul is still, he's excited about David at this moment. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off his outer robe, it was on him, and gave it to David, and he gave him his armor and even the sword and his bow and his belt. I mean, Jonathan was all in, right? If you, if you had, sometimes you meet somebody and you're like, this, this guy or this girl, this can be my friend. You know, we've, we've all had that experience. I'm wondering, like, I worked at camp several times, and I wonder, like, when you come into a camp setting, you're like, who's going to be my friend? You know, who am I going to build a relationship with? You know, and, and that is, we, we all have that. We'll meet someone. And this, this happens, that, that thing happens to these two guys. So let me just repeat this, uh, this main point. It is surprising how important 
friendship is in understanding God and how he has made us. And I, I just, I'm hopeful that you guys will come out of here just wanting to build those deep relationships. Uh, there's a thing called general rev- revelation. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. General revelation is when we look at what God has created and we go, oh my gosh, there is no way to explain this besides knowing that there is a God. For some of us, it's just general nature. Like we look at the stars, the mountains, pl- animals, pe- relationships, whatever. Uh, some of us, uh, the more complex and the more detailed and the more fine, tiny, tiny, tiny things get, and that, we're amazed by that and we go, oh, that points to God. The complexity of creation points to God. That's general revelation. And there's specific revelation. Specific revelation is what we have, which many of y'all have today, in your Bibles. The Bible is called specific revelation. It's the Word of God, and that's why we spend time around it. And we spend time, you guys are all nature lovers, so you see God in two places very vividly when you're here. Especially when you walk out of here this morning, you'll have the specific revelation, and then you'll walk out and go, wow, these mountains are like pointing at God. This is awesome. But you know what I noticed when I was thinking about friendship? Friendship is at the heart of what every one of us are desperate for and organize our lives completely around. I want you to just, you know, you don't have to agree with me, but think about it for a little bit. Are these not the things that we truly desire? We desire to be accepted. Can you, we're going to put these up here. We want to be accepted. So we do certain things in life to be accepted. We want to be admired for who we are. We want to be loved. We want to be known. We want to be known on the inside, all the way down to the core of who we are. We want to be respected. We want to be trusted. We want to be encouraged. We want to hear the truth. We want someone to tell us the truth. Deep down inside, even though sometimes it hurts, we want to be told the truth. And we want to be allowed to fail. Still have a friend. Now, I just want to encourage you to think about those things. These are all things that drive us, but the solution to all of them is in deep and true friendship. It's not in stuff. It's not in accomplishment. It's not in where you live or what you do or anything. And the the flip side of that, y'all, is that that's what we really want to give to other people. Right? These, okay, no offense to anybody, these things don't evolve. These don't happen by random chance of depreciating odds of good things happening. These happen because God has built these things into us. They're universally understood. These are universal principles built into the human character, only the human character, to want and to give these things. This is general revelation about the heart of God and what he has built into us. So, we're going to look at this story. I'm going to bring out, I'm gonna, in the grand tradition that, that Eric started last week, I actually have five quick points. So, here they are. A real, a true friend. Uh, and think about this with your friends or friends you want to build into. A true friend looks at the heart 
A true friend goes second. A true friend has your back. A true friend holds up the truth. And a true friend creates covenant. So we're going to flip through these really quickly, but I hope that one or more of them will sink in with you as you're thinking about your friends. So a true friend looks at the heart. Jonathan is really the the actor in a lot of what we're going to see. David reciprocates through the story. But we'll see right right at the beginning, you know, Jonathan is hearing this thing. Now think about the differences between Jonathan and David. David is, where he comes from, he is a poor shepherd. And Jonathan is the son of a king. You can't get further apart. And and David was the last born, the, the, the last son, so I think number eight. And uh, Jonathan is the firstborn son. Another, in that culture, that was like as far apart as you could get. An unlikely friendship is developing here. And then you have David, who's this rising political, military, you know, social star. And you've got Jonathan, who is, has been a star, and now David is now coming in and, and overtaking that place. So you've got all these things going against them being friends. Well, you know, the best stories, some of the best stories, are about that kind of dichotomy in relationship. Think about this with me for a minute. If any of you, okay, so I'm only maybe talking to people who watch Disney shows. Come on, come on, son. I don't watch them so much anymore, but I do have a daughter. And uh, we watched a lot of Disney. Princess Protection Program. Come on, son. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. Whoever you does, you know what I'm talking about. Beauty and the Beast. High School Musical. Come on. She's the math nerd. He's the super stud. All right, Kim Possible. Aladdin, Little Mermaid. Now, notice, Disney has cornered the market on these stories. Those are all Disney things, right? Disney has realized that these stories grip our soul because they, they show that there is much more than what's on the outside. And it's that deep, inner, human longing. And they are calling out what God has created. It's so cool to see what God does, even with the media, showing us how good he is. Teaching us about relationship through Disney shows. Now, I realize a lot of those stories are emotional story, they're um, romance things, but they're not all by any means. They're, a lot of them are just friendship stories. Disney didn't make that up, okay? Earlier in the book of Samuel, when, when God is telling Samuel himself why he picked David, he says, I'm, David doesn't look like a star. I'm picking him because I don't look at the starship outside. I look at the inside. I look at the heart, unlike men. So God is telling us that, and then he's proving it. He's just showing it being fleshed out in a human story between Jonathan and David. It's beautiful. So, true friends look at the heart. They look at the inside, not the outside. Two, uh, a true friend goes second. And when I say that... uh, I'm talking about a a true, dedicated friend. I mean, 100% of the time, makes themselves go second. And I I don't mean like, 
taking, like, letting someone cut in front of you in line. I mean, giving them your place in line. That's exactly what Jonathan does when he gives David all that stuff that Abby read to us about. He is basically saying, David, I'm, I'm not just going to stand over here and kind of be side by side with you. I'm going to give you my authority. I'm going to give you everything that represents who I am. He absolutely is going second. When he takes his robe off and it goes down, and he gives him the outer garments, his, his sword, and it just keeps going. He gives him his bow and his belt and everything. He says, David, I'm, putting, I'm stepping back and putting you where I was in this place of honor. A true friend goes second. You know, I think uh, if you're married or been in a relationship for very long, you know that humility is probably the most wonderful thing in a deep, long relationship and also the hardest thing. You know, once you know that person really well, you're like, okay, I know what you're going to do. And I don't want to be, I don't want to put you first. That's how we work. And, uh, y'all, this kind of put another person before us going second is, is just a critical principle to growing a deep friendship. Third, uh, we've, got, we've got looks at the heart, go second, has your back. You know, there's nothing that feels better than having a friend, sharing something with them. They know the deepest stuff about you, and you know, that, I mean, they know you're broken, right? But you know they're not going to throw you under the bus when they're with other people. And that's a good feeling. In a small community like this, it's really critical to know you can trust your buddies. How many of y'all okay, live here and know what I'm talking about? On the flip side, if you don't know you can trust a person, how does it feel when something about you has come out to them and they, they, you know that they know what's going to happen? You know you're going to be betrayed when you're not looking, maybe even in front of you. Having someone that we can absolutely trust, like that has our back, is so critical. And so, like I said, these are things we want, but these are things we need to give in friendship. When we enter into that deeper covenant that we're going to talk about in just a minute, part of that is to be so trustworthy that that person knows we have their back anywhere that they are. They, they have our back wherever they are. Let me just uh, read to you real briefly here. Uh, Jonathan has David's back with Saul. So it's dangerous for Jonathan to stand up for David because Saul now later in the story, uh, this is chapter 20, is starting to get really mad at David. So he says to his dad, why, why are you wanting to kill David? And here's, this is in uh, chapter 20. Saul said, Jonathan, for as long as the son of Jesse, that's David, lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul's father and said, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled a spear at his own son to strike him. And Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. I mean, can you imagine that? 
not only is it tough because it's, you know, his best friend is, is being attacked by his dad, but now his dad's so angry that he's thrown us, I mean, a javelin at him. Now, the, some of you kids are in here and you're really smart and you're like, huh, does this mean that if my parents tell me I can't hang out with so-and-so, that then really, I mean, what's happening here is David has a friend and, and Saul says no, but I mean, Jonathan has a friend in David and his dad, Saul says no, but Jonathan still pursues that friendship, right? I mean, that's what I would do. I'd be thinking, oh, okay, the Bible says. <laughs> right? Because when you're, when you're, only when you're a kid are you looking for angles, right? Just kids. And so just on an understanding the Bible and theology perspective, whenever we read things in the scripture, we want to zoom out and make sure that that's not just part of what happened, that we're actually supposed to learn from it in, application, in an application sense, right? So in this sense, if your parent, kids, is, happens to be like the king of a nation, has absolutely gone crazy, thrown a spear at you because you said, hey, why do you want to kill my friend? You know, if those things have happened... Uh, then maybe <laughs> you can disobey your parents and be friends with that person. However, most of the scripture, and even from far earlier than this says, honor your father and mother. That's the general principle. So I'm not encouraging you to defy your parents in friendship. They, they can see through your friends. They know who's impacting you well and who is not. And you'll know that in about 20 years, 30, 30 years. You'll understand all right, so a friend looks at the heart, goes second, has your back. Four, uh, holds up the truth. We need, friend, we need truth in friendships. I am amazed at how hard it is for me to tell the truth in friendships. Maybe it's only me. But it is something that is really hard. And I want to, see, I want to show you Jonathan telling David the truth in uh, chapter 19. We're going to skip back just a little. Uh, Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to his servants, and he, he told him they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted so much in David that Jonathan told David, my father seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. Now, that doesn't seem like a hard truth to tell a friend, does it? Yeah, I mean, you want to tell him you're in danger. And this danger keeps coming up again and again for David. But what Jonathan is telling David is you got to stop doing what you're doing because it's dangerous, right? Because David was like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to be around Saul. I'm not worried. Everything's fine. I'll be living in the kingdom, doing my thing. Everything's good. But Jonathan says, if you want to keep doing what you're doing, you're going to face destruction. That's what we don't want to tell people. If you keep doing what you're doing, if your life keeps going, if you're thinking like that, this, that is going to lead to real big problems for you. So Jonathan tells David the truth. David doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to know that this is the situation. But David has to make a choice about his behavior because his friend told him the truth. So we tell the truth and we want to have the truth told to us. Good friends, look at the heart, go second, have your back, hold up the truth, and then finally, create a covenant. Covenant's a rare thing in our culture. We have contracts and things like that with lots of legal things around them and documents and lots of initials that you sign. But covenants, one of the only places we ever see a covenant is at a wedding. 
and I do those from time to time. Uh, you know, I'll say, you know, this ring, you guys, is an outward invisible sign of the permanent and holy covenant you're making today in the eyes of God and all these people, right? And then this covenant gets, these words are spoken between these two people and they're married, right? Well, in our relationships and in this relationship, the model we have is Jonathan speaking a covenant multiple times to David, this is one of those times in, verse, in chapter 20. And Jonathan said to David, go in peace, you've got to leave, because we have sworn, both of us, in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord shall be between me and you, and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went to the city. Now, there are levels of, of covenant. You know, we're not, we're not talking about, like, some giving rings between friends. That's one kind of covenant. But there is the conversation that you have with a friend that says, you know what? I'm committing to you. You know, I just want to say this. And Jonathan does this first. He says, I'm committing to you. Will you commit to me for generations? Like that's the high level commitment. And then there's a step down that says, hey, I'm, I'm committed. I want to really be your friend. I want to work at this with you and see where this goes. I'm when I talk about covenant, I'm saying, I think it would be really cool if believers were saying to one another, I want to be close to you in this way. Let me define it for you, what I think it looks like. And would you reciprocate with me in that? Crestview Butte can be a lonely place, um, as we've seen over and over again. But when we have those friendships where the, the spoken word of covenant has been made, you know, that makes a difference. So I want to encourage you, as, like, if there's one application that you have to think about your friend or a friend and say, I want to I build into this a covenant-level uh, contract together, communication that we make verbally that says, this is, this is what I want to give to you as a friend. Will you give that to me? Instead of just sort of assuming that. All right. Let me, uh, let me just remind you that I think it's just surprising how incredibly pertinent friendship is to understanding what God is doing in our lives and our relationship with him. He's built it into us. It is revelation of him. But our friendships are just a shadow of the relationship we can have with God. And I want to close by reading to you from the New Living Translation. This is really cool. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's Romans 5, verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. That's cool. And we know what that means because we know what it is to have friends. God, thank you for uh, how you reveal yourself to us in unexpected ways. May this body of believers go together. May we go together, God. May we uh, love each other and build deep friendships that reflect the community that you have created. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all enjoy the afternoon.